0: Welcome to WCSU 411, a podcast about people and events at Western Connecticut State University and the surrounding community. Today, we're talking with Alicia Gio. She and her husband run a video production company in Danbury. They're natives of Danbury and New Fairfield. They work downtown on Main Street. Alicia is the new chair of City Center Danbury, and they're involved in a dozens of projects downtown so I wanted to talk about uh, to Alicia and um, find out what is going on with all those activities in her life. Uh, Her husband Renato is a WestCon graduate but he was sick today so he couldn't uh, come in. Actually Alicia wouldn't let him come in. Before we talk with Alicia, we're going to talk with State Representative Michael Ferguson because he is organizing Danbury Day up at the State Capitol on April 12th and he wants everybody to attend. It's really for the other state legislators to tell them what is going on in Danbury, but anybody can show up and there is food and you don't have to wear a hat this year. I want to remind our listeners that this podcast comes to you from Western Connecticut State University. WestCon prides itself on involving itself in the community, and it also offers a high-quality, affordable education. If you have questions about enrolling at WestCon, send an email to admissions at wcsu.edu and tell them Paul Steinmetz sent you. Hi, Michael, and thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So we're going to talk about Danbury Day. And I thought that the task of organizing Danbury Day up at the Capitol was kind of a hazing that you had to do last year because you were (laughs) a first year, a freshman uh, legislator. And now they have you doing it again. (laughs)
1: You know, it was so much fun to put on last year (laughs) that I said, you know what, I'm happy to do it again.
0: (laughs) That was nice of you to represent Danbury that way. (laughs) Last year was the first time in a few years, wasn't it, that Danbury Day was uh, staged up there?
1: Yes, I would say um, several years ago, maybe about 10 years ago, 12 years ago or so, um, they would have a Danbury Day, but it wasn't um, basically a Day-long event like we made it last year, mm-hmm. um, we would recognize uh, different honorees, um, but then that was basically it. You know, we talk a little bit about Danbury, but that was it. Last year, we really took it to a whole nother level, if you will, um, in that we actually put on an entire event in the old judiciary room, right in the state capitol. Um, we had a little bit of a formal program, about twenty thirty minutes. Um, we did honor um, longtime Danbarians from our community up in Hartford with official citations. Then later on were introduced on the floor of the house um, and recognized there. And we recognized um, some achievements within the Danbury public schools. And, you know, we had some tables there with different organizations, um, Western being one of them and Yeah, we we took it to a whole other level last year, and that's what we're going to do this year as well, So because last year was so successful.
0: Mm -hmm. So can you describe what it'll look like this year?
1: Yeah, I would say it'd be very similar um, to last year. I'm hoping to have a few more groups there um, just to showcase to those at the Capitol what Danbury is all about. So we, we always partner with the City of Danbury and then the Danbury Public Schools. Those are our two sponsors, if you will, um, to help us put this on. But, you know, we Western is there, Danbury Hospital, um, Danbury, uh, Greater Danbury Chamber of Commerce, hopefully will be represented. Danbury Historical Society would be nice. if uh, We could have them a part of it in, in some way. And it, basically, it takes place in the old judiciary room, which is a fairly large room uh, right at the Capitol, but so very historic um, building the capital, as you know, and and I think it kind of plays well to Danbury because there's a lot of history in Danbury, being the half city and uh, having the Danbury Fair there, and you know now of course the mall is where the Danbury Fair took place, and you know there is a lot of history there as well. And today Danbury has evolved into a very diverse community, which is wonderful. We have uh, so many different nationalities. Um, Represented within our city. And and we're going to highlight that as well um, with different groups that are up there and different things that will be going on that afternoon.
0: That's great. And are you recognizing or honoring some people at this day?
1: We will be. Um, We haven't released the names yet of those individuals, but yes, we will be recognizing um, some longtime uh, Gambarians and and those who have really contributed uh, in positive ways. Um, and gave back to, argue, and continue to give back to the city of Danbury.
0: That's nice. And,
1: and we're also going to honor um, some of our public schools with, uh, I believe it's four, of our, Danbury public schools that have been named as schools of distinction mm-hmm. um, by the state Department of Education.
0: That's great. And there's food there too, isn't there?
1: There always is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Last year you, you had corn dogs.
0: And do we have to wear hats again this year?
1: So it's totally up to you. I know that was something back when they used to do Danbury Day, you know, about a decade ago or so, that used to be the big draw was everyone would wear hats. Many mm-hmm. legislators would actually wear hats, especially those even not from Danbury, but those maybe in the greater Danbury area. Um, last year, that didn't take so much. So I don't know if it uh, <laughs> will really be continued. I don't I know uh a few few people wore hats, but I certainly don't discourage it, but don't feel you have to. <laughs> okay. I'm
0: worried about how my hair looks afterwards. So. Yeah,
1: I hear you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so give us a date and times, okay?
1: Yeah, so it is um, April 12th, which is a Thursday, and it begins around 11 o'clock and runs to, I believe it's 2.30, uh, um, right at the state capitol, and We will again, once again, have a program, uh, you know, fairly short program that'll take place probably early on, um, maybe not exactly at 11, but within Mm -hmm. that first hour. And uh, yeah, people, the entire community is invited. It's, you know, a big reason for putting this on uh, and taking it to the level we did last year was to bring recognition um, of what's happening in Danbury Mm -hmm. um, to those in the Capitol, So other legislators, um, staff um, within within the Capitol and even lobbyists and different, you know, interest groups that that may uh, walk the halls of the Capitol advocating for their causes and and just see what Danbury is all about and what our community does and just the attributes of our community. And, you know, that that's why this really takes place where it does Mm -hmm. and you know i th- I think it's great, especially uh, in the tough economic times our state is in, and you know every dollar is so critically important um and and it helps show showcase what Danbury is all about. And,
0: right, and it tells, reminds people what is all the good things happening in Danbury, and uh, for all those people who forget about us most of the time, right? because they're exactly you know, like Danbury is not part of the state.
1: Yeah, we're so far <laughs> over. You know, we're right on the New York border there.
0: But, wow.
1: um, but no. And and you know, there's so much to be proud of mm-hmm. within Danbury and our area. And you know, in many respects, Danbury is leading the way um, as and bucking the trend. I like to say a little bit yes. in terms of when you look at some of the state statistics, uh, Danbury sometimes is an outlier in some of those in terms of business creation and you know, opportunities that, that we have here. And people actually want to live in, in Danbury. So, you know, as we see a little bit of a population decline, if you will, in several parts of Connecticut, we don't see that in our area. And, you know, but that also brings some challenges and, you know, especially financial challenges. And and that's part of what we do is we, we help to showcase mm-hmm. all of that um, at Danbury Day.
0: So do a lot of people leave convinced that Danbury is actually the best part of the state?
1: (laughs) Um, Well, I think we do a really good job of trying, at least. I don't know. It's going to be tough to uh, convince other legislators who represent other communities (laughs) of that. But uh, I know they certainly leave um, with, you know, with having a lot of respect for Danbury and and what we do in our city.
0: Hmm. You do a great job at this. If you're not careful, you're going to be doing it every year.
1: I know, right? But you know what? That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would be happy to do that. It's it's really a fun day. And, um, you know, last year was very successful. And I'm hoping this year is even more successful. And I'm happy to take on the task.
0: Yeah, thank you for doing that. You know, it's not like you're not doing anything up there. You're, you're not busy up there. Today, Can we talk a little bit about what happened today up there, the uh, hearings? Sure. So wasn't today the day that uh, there was a debate and hearings going on about recreational marijuana and whether it should be uh, legalized?
1: There is. um, There's hearings on marijuana. Um, I I don't sit on the committees that are hearing that legislation, Mm -hmm. so it's not really before me at the moment, but of course I'm— you know fairly familiar with the legislation mm-hmm. um you know a, a very fulfilled day uh, actually a fulfilled week because uh, what what the period we're in right now is basically we're wrapping up the next two weeks are going to wrap up our committee work mm-hmm. so any final public hearings on bills uh, before a committee th- those are being heard right mm-hmm. now um and the public has a chance to come out and you know basically share their thoughts uh, on the legislation, and I would say for the most part this week, and then into next week as well, you will see, um, you know, kind of a wrap up with public hearings. I know yesterday on the transportation committee where I serve, uh, we were hearing legislation on tolls, right. um, which of course is another big issue. Um, we were there, we were in committee yesterday, public hearing for several hours mm-hmm. um, on tolls. Um, the education committee. Uh, you know, went till, oh, I think it was past 1030 last night, actually, after starting in the late morning, mm. earlier in the day. Uh, so it's a very busy time up at the Capitol, very busy time. And and then the committees ha- actually have to vote out these bills right. um, in order to continue the process. So that, for the most part, most committees all have to be done by the end of this month. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's why you see really a kind of an increase in attention and you know, if someone were to visit the Capitol, it's a little hectic it at times yeah. <laughs> these next few weeks.
0: And it is interesting. I think it's, uh, of course, everybody has opinions on all these things, but to actually have to be the one one of the people who are making the decisions and voting and uh, going on the record about it is um, a responsibility that not everybody does want. You're taking no, it you're on. right.
1: I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's what we sign up for, though, when mm-hmm. we uh, decide to run for office and then Um, you know, to be fortunate to be elected. And it's not always easy. There's some really tough issues sometimes before us, um, where you truly do understand everyone's perspective. And, you know, sometimes you have to just make a tough decision. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I I see a growing, growing issues within Connecticut, Um, you know, several challenges that we face. And, you know, when you have several challenges, you then have several tough decisions that have to be made and, you know, not necessarily always the most popular decisions either, Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, weighing those factors and, you know, coming out with what you believe at the end of the day is most beneficial, you know, for my district and and for the state of Connecticut is, you know, what we strive to do. And I, I would say that's for the most part, what we all strive to do.
0: Yeah. No, that's not, I don't think there's any question about that. So thanks for your good work up there. Tell us again the date and time of Danbury Day.
1: Yeah, so Danbury Day, uh, Thursday, April 12th, the old judiciary room in the state capitol building from starting at 11 o'clock to 2.30.
0: All right, I'll see you up there.
1: Great, thank you so much.
0: Yeah, thanks for your time today, Michael.
1: My pleasure.
0: Mm, Bye-bye. Bye. So, Alicia, thanks for being here today on our podcast.
2: Well, thank you for having me.
0: We have so much to learn about you. You're kind of famous here in Danbury, (laughs) and uh, I want to know all about it. You're from a famous family in Danbury, right?
2: Well, I mean, I guess sort of famous. Um, My dad has been an attorney, or wasn't. He's now retired, so Mm -hmm. he was an attorney in Danbury um, for many, many years, Um, and actually... For the most part, I would say his offices were located in Main Street for a good portion of his career. Yep. Um, and his firm is still there now, um, and he also, uh, with his business partners, own a building downtown still. So, and that's where my office is. But uh,
0: yeah, I think that's where a lot of people. I mean, they still know your dad and uh, the law firm, and uh, know him as part uh, the family is part of Danbury. I think.
2: I think so. Yeah. I mean. I, I, my family has definitely been always in, involved in something in Danbury. Mm-hmm. You know, just not through my dad's work, but my mom did a lot of volunteering too mm-hmm. when I was younger as well.
0: What are your parents' names?
2: Uh, Peter and Bonnie Damia.
0: Yeah. And so um, were they part of the first generation that came to Danbury? or?
2: Um, no. Well, my dad originally was born in Yonkers. And... Mm. Uh, he was relatively young when they, when his mother and father decided to move to Danbury, and it was more they wanted to get away from Yonkers and the, the uh, quote, bad influences that were in the Italian neighborhoods at the time. <laughs> so that's the room. That's, you know, all hearsay. Um, and so then they came to Danbury when my dad was still relatively young, um, and then he went through, you know, the Danbury public schools and— Um, did from there. So the original stop off was in Yonkers. And for my mother, she didn't come to Danbury until she was an adult, really. Hmm. She grew up in Valhalla, New York. Um, And then just through the course of events, found herself in Danbury and met my dad. Hmm.
0: (laughs) So your grandparents, your dad's parents uh, thought that there were no bad Italian influences in Danbury? (laughs)
2: Maybe they just didn't know. I don't know, but uh, I think they wanted to really just go on more bucolic, less city. Hmm. You know, sort of more out in the country, which I guess at the time
0: back then, I Danbury think it was, kind yeah. of
2: was exactly. So
0: yeah, we don't think of ourselves as country anymore, which is interesting. But um, uh, back then, I think you know there were still dirt roads around.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, probably it was still like the town of Danbury mm-hmm. in the city of Danbury, so. That says a lot there, right there. That yeah. It was definitely a different time for Danbury. <laughs> huh.
0: And you uh, went to Danbury High School?
2: I did. I'm a Danbury Public Schools girl all the way through. Yeah, so. that's good. Yeah.
0: And then where did you go to college?
2: Uh, I went to Marist College for four years, uh, got a degree, and I was back in Danbury. And then um, I found myself in a career crisis, and I actually finished off a second degree here at WestCon.
0: Oh, no kidding. and what?
2: Uh, psychology.
0: Yeah, and so did that improve your career prospects?
2: Well, I don't know. It um, it definitely changed my my career trajectory a little bit because then I went and I did get a master's degree at Central in psychology as well. Hmm. But now, sort of, I find myself back in my original field. But I think the knowledge that I gained, especially through my psychology courses, it it kind of helps me tap into you know who's my audience and who am I speaking to just in. different way. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) And what do you talk about what you're doing now?
2: Uh, My husband and I own Our Media, which is a video production company here in downtown Danbury. And, uh, you know, we we don't do weddings. We don't do birthday parties. Uh, We do business communications. So that's anything from commercials to branding pieces uh, to social media pieces to internal marketing pieces for like Fortune 500 companies. You know, it just sort of all varies. But anything business communications related.
0: How did you figure that out, that niche, and get into that?
2: Uh, You know, it stemmed from a very simple fact that weddings are hard and can be kind of stressful and you sacrifice a lot of weekends. And I was sort of like, well maybe that's not where we want to go. What's missing in the video field? And when you looked at a lot of our competition when we were starting, a lot of people did weddings. And I was like, well, that's filled. And I don't necessarily want to do that or try to do what everyone else is doing. And we saw that there was um, an opportunity for high value, you know, high production quality um, in TV commercials. And so that was really where we started. And then, of course, this thing called the Internet happened. All
0: right. (laughs) How long ago was that that you started doing that?
2: Uh, We formed our company in 1999, but we really didn't take it into like a full-time venture until 2001. That was when we, you know, bought office space and took out a business loan and did all that sort of real business step stuff.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And your husband, Renato's in that has that background too, right? The kind of video um, production kind yeah, of Yeah, he
2: really has more of the video background. I have more of a behind-the-scenes um, and writing background, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he went to Western, um, and he interned and had jobs all the way through his college career, and so he was always sort of into video mm-hmm. from the beginning.
0: And he worked here in the media services department, right yeah. here in the basement of Whitehall.
2: <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs>
0: And he has fond memories of that, I understand.
2: <laughs> he does. You know, it really um, it helps cement what he's doing now, mm-hmm. you know. And he took full advantage of all the opportunities he could. I mean, he got a job at Union Carbide when he was a student here, and he worked at media services here. And he really cut his teeth on learning how to do what we do.
0: Mm-hmm. And so is there um, your business is thriving now and uh, full on, right? It's uh...
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing it long enough now. We definitely have hit our stride. You know, it's always an up and down roller coaster, especially when you're in our kind of a field. Um, but as long as you kind of stay up to date um, and know what's the future where things are going and you can kind of predict and maneuver yourself the right way. So yeah, we're doing okay. Is um, most
0: of your stuff on the internet or is it do you do in-house video videos that are shown in-house in businesses or what?
2: It's a little bit of both. I would say more so now. A lot of it is social media based or for people's hmm. websites, that sort of that sort of thing is right. I think probably the greater proportion of stuff now.
0: You guys do a lot of um I don't know if it's all pro bono, but you do a lot of very supportive stuff for the city and for the uh, for vo- um, nonprofits around here.
2: We do what we can. Um, not all of it is for free because obviously we still have to make a living. Right. But but we definitely try to contribute and give back, and you know, using our our creative talents is it's something that you know. Um, is just a way for us to give back. Mm-hmm. You know, we might not know how to do anything else, but hey, we can give a video. We can do some photographs, and you know, kind of contribute to things that way. So we always like to do what we can.
0: Who's your business competition? Is it other people like you with fairly small shops, or is it places in New York? Or who? Where do your customers generally go when they're looking for this kind of stuff?
2: Um, I think. I think nowadays it's much more smaller businesses or smaller agencies. Um, The years of sort of the giant production houses that used to exist, especially in New York, there's sort of few and far between now. And it was just the idea was it was too much overhead and they all split apart or they collapsed in and of themselves. Um, So I think it's smaller businesses, um, agencies, a lot of digital agencies. But then, you know, there's also we pair we partner with a lot of those agencies when they need extra help for video or they just um, don't do it in-house yet so it, it's uh I, probably smaller shops are, are more so the competition but then there is enough business for everyone and there's a lot of ways that we can collaborate with who people you would think would be co- quote our competition but it's really not really yeah it, it's interesting
0: there's mm-hmm. <laughs> so that whole community out there that uh, you work with or know about
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, and a lot of it is you know tapping into. You need a you, for certain projects, you need a larger crew, hmm. or you need certain specialties. And when you kind of have this network of great creative people, you know who to tap into, or you know where to say, oh, you know, I need someone to help the, the, my client with the website, you know. And even if that agency does video, but they respect that you're doing the video and we'll just do our part and you can kind of collaborate that way and you can really create a better platform for your client overall and that their branding is consistent, that mm-hmm. their message is consistent and a lot of that matters nowadays.
0: Right, that's what you hear out of there uh, when you think about or read about marketing It all, it does matter to be the consistent and to have it across all platforms. Yeah. Very interesting, which is different than it used to be.
2: Yeah, very much so, very much so. Not that long ago. <laughs> Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> so uh, your husband, Renato, is a Danbury native.
2: Uh, he grew up in New Fairfield. Oh, he did. But sort of the Not same really difference, Danbury, you know. Yeah. He went to
0: New Fairfield High School?
2: Yes, yeah. He's from. Mm-hmm. He's, he did New Fairfield, so, you know.
0: Out there in the sticks. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. How
0: did you meet him?
2: Um, through a mutual friend, actually. I was out, and we had a mutual friend, and we just started talking. Hmm. And that was kind of that simple, really.
0: And what did your parents think when you brought him home?
2: <laughs> um, for our first date, actually, I didn't let them meet him. I wanted to just <laughs> um, And then, um, you know, well, they liked that he was a nice Italian boy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: did he have his beard then?
2: Um, he had a goatee at the time, but, but he used to have long hair. So he had long oh. hair at the time with a goatee, and you know, he played in a heavy metal band, so.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah. So now he's, his head is shaved, but he has a beard that kind of looks like a bear in winter, right?
2: Yes, very much. Um, well, you know, he, he wasn't able to keep the long hair part due to nature. So, well, the beard kind of came as a, uh, I don't know, an exchange. Right. <laughs> but.
0: Keep that unique look.
2: Exactly, exactly. Now it's his signature. I don't know if he could ever get rid of it.
0: Yeah, you're right. Everybody can spot him for like a mile away, and they yeah. know it's Renato.
2: Yeah, it's all about the beard. That's what we always, I always say.
0: <laughs> it's interesting. And your parents still like him?
2: <laughs> yes, they do very much. Okay. Are, you, are you kidding me? We go over there. Sometimes I think they like him better than me sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's interesting. They're, this is kind of down here in the basement of Whitehall. Is kind of the Italian center for... Um, <laughs> Westcon with Pete Puccio and Scott Volpe, and there was Renato Guillaume. Yeah,
2: it's true. I wonder what
0: happened down here.
2: I don't know. We we can't talk about. We'll
0: never know. Yeah, I can't. Well, they probably tell you, right? You have that Italian background.
2: That's true. That's true. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So you now are you and Renato are working in downtown Danbury on Main Street. Yep. And your whole production facility is there, I guess. And
2: yeah, yeah, we have a nice studio space.
0: How long have you been on Main Street?
2: Um, I was trying to. I think it's been six years now. Wow, it's gone by really fast. Mm. So,
0: so this is the other part of uh, your background that we're going to tell people about. But what do some people would say? Main Street in Danbury. What the heck are you doing there? Will I get knifed if I come down and? Uh, you know, <laughs> there are people who still think that erroneously. Yes.
2: Erroneously, very much so. Um, you know. We moved downtown for this, we wanted cool space and we wanted a cool urban vibe. And honestly, it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and for right now anyway, the price for the rent for our studio was perfect. And so we just, it, we were just like, let's just go for it and do it. And we did have some clients who were like, downtown Danbury, what? <laughs> I'm like, okay, so yes, you have to park maybe a block away in a parking garage, but your car is safe, you don't have to clean it off. And, um, We can walk out of our office and we can go have lunch. We can go to the bank. We can go run errands. And there is a sense of community down here that I don't think people realize. And downtown has a lot to offer. And we kind of stumbled into it and it sort of rekindled just like, we love it. This is awesome. And, you know, I guess uh, the rest (laughs) is history.
0: Yeah. And you and Renato really are the kind of people that are coming to downtown. Now, you were the forerunners maybe, but... um, you're the kind of people who are, uh, you know, bringing business and money and to downtown and entertainment and life. I guess.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, it's great. Like we've had a few side projects that we've worked on with friends, and so we're gonna. Have, we have like a crew of ten people at our studio on a Saturday, and we all we go and we go get lunch, and um, people want you know go into the bodega to, to grab something, and you know I definitely think that. Um, we were maybe the beginning of this sort of revitalization with a, with a different age group of people, I mm-hmm. think, downtown. And, and I've definitely seen it grow since, we've, since we came down here six years ago, really. Um, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it's exciting. Yeah.
0: And what kind of change do you see when Kennedy Flat opened up or flats opened up and uh, people started moving in there in that apartment house on the north end of Main Street City Center?
2: That had a huge impact, I think. Because now you have people who, they're not just downtown for, for work or um, passing through. They're they're here, so they want to be able to walk out of their apartment, and they want to go get good food, and they want to go do shopping, and they want to see what kind of entertainment and things there are to do where they don't need to get in a car and go across town or, you know, go to another town even. Um it had a re- I think it had a really huge impact, and it brought in the sort of young professionals, young families. And that's really the people that are interested now in sort of coming back to the urban center. Um, it was a really key development, mm-hmm. I, I definitely. And we've met some of our closest friends there. So. No kidding. Yeah.
0: And for a city, an urban center to thrive, it needs people living there, too, and people who have some money to spend, too
2: well absolutely i mean that's a big part of it yeah mm-hmm. you, you got to have a little bit of that expendable income so that they can kind of put it back out into the community
0: mm-hmm. you know? absolutely so you're full in on uh downtown danbury you are the chair of city center danbury
2: yes a newly appointed physician for me yeah when we first moved down um you know, I got this rekindled excitement, and I was always posting about things going on downtown, and um, then I was approached, and they were like, hey, do you want to join the Board of City Center? And I was like, yeah, I'm not really a joiner. I don't really do that sort of thing, and they're like, no, 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 really. You guys, you know, are great examples of what downtown can be, and so they wrote me in, and uh, I guess, yeah, I ever since then I've sort of it's now really become a a really big passion of mine and now I'm the chairperson so you know at least I feel like I I walk the walk you know which is important (laughs) it is
0: important (laughs) you do a lot of walking too. this chair job is uh, (laughs) keeps you busy right
2: Uh, yeah so far my schedule has exploded with meetings and things and making even more connections downtown so yeah definitely
0: Mm mm-hmm and the previous chair was there for 10 years. So, are you going to be the chair for 10 years?
2: I don't know. We'll see how it goes.
0: You're leaving it. You could be, though. For I, 10 years.
2: absolutely. I definitely could be. I think we'll
0: pencil you in for 10 you'll, years. You'll, so. you,
2: okay. You know, we'll see if you let me go. But <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to do it for as long as I can and as long as, uh, you know, I can accomplish things that I want to accomplish, mm-hmm. you know.
0: And so you're one of the people who will be uh, going out and meeting other business people and encouraging them to come downtown or talking about, you know, there are people who are interested in coming downtown that you're being the show host for, right? You're showing them what is going on there.
2: Yeah, exactly. I am sort of like an ambassador, mm-hmm. you know, Uh Anyone who would be remotely interested in coming downtown or expanding their business, I'm always the first one to pipe up and be like, oh, well, you know, mm-hmm. this is where our office is. And um, and I kind of like that, too, because um, I do think that there is a renewed interest in businesses moving to downtown places. And I think Danbury has a lot to offer, especially when you give them the surrounding towns. It's, we're a little bit more urban, but not like a gigantic city. Mm-hmm. So I think we get the best of both worlds. And, um have a few you know meetings on my calendar as it is to -hmm. to see who I can entice to you know make it happen
0: that's cool and are you um what do you see is what's your vision for uh downtown and city center which is the the marketing and tax district downtown what um like for the next five years what do you want to see it's to see it be like in five years that uh isn't there now
2: Hmm. um I would like to see more people living downtown within that certain age group of mm-hmm. the young professionals or younger families. Um, I would like to, and I think you know, you need a little bit of both. You need residential and you need business. And I think I would really like to refocus. At least my short-term goals um, is to get more businesses down here that would be for consumers. So you get more, you get more retail you get more dining and entertaining and of a, of a higher quality kind of and you know what I mean it's not just like a nightclub per se mm-hmm. I mean because there's already that exists I think what we need to do is diversify a little bit and get a little bit um you know um different kinds of restaurants or different kinds of entertainment or live music venues and you know I liked I would love to be able to walk out of my office and you know go to a happy hour and then go somewhere else to go see some great live music um so I definitely think for me personally, I would like to see more on the business development and more of that enticing businesses to come downtown. And then that will breed more people to want to visit and maybe, oh, well, if this is going on, maybe I should move down here and then we can get more people living down here. And it sort of creates its own sort of cycle, mm-hmm. if you will. So for, for me, I think business development would be key because you kind of need the businesses to draw the people and you need the people to draw the businesses. So right. something has to happen first. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: But I think the uh, people coming downtown in Kennedy Flats, that's attracted some businesses, right? That's kind of kindled the interest among small businesses.
2: Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, <clears throat> the funny thing is, is when we first moved our office downtown, there wasn't, there were no coffee shops. Mm-hmm. And now, however many years later, we have three. And, and they cater to all different sort of segments of the people who want a coffee shop. There's more. There's Barrister's now, which is under Naugatuck Valley Community College, and that's a great, just classic coffee shop. Go do, sit and work and study and have a nice cup of coffee. Then you've got Poor Me, which is a little bit more upscale food, healthier take on food, but you can get a great cup of coffee there, too. Then there's Mothership, which is like bakery heaven. I'm like obsessed with their cookies, and like I just had lunch there yesterday, so you can get a nice, light lunch. Of course you have to get a cookie or something sweet. And you can sit there again for hours and pull out your laptop and work or have uh, community meetings. I mean, we do a lot of our subcommittee meetings at Mothership. I mean, why not, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, just in the six years we've been, been down here, we've got three new places for people to go. And they have definitely, because now there's residents here, and now people are coming back down to downtown to check out these places. So um, there's momentum. There's mm-hmm. definitely momentum.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a coffee shop at the library now too.
2: Yes, that's right. Chase. That just opened up, real like a few weeks ago, even, right. which I haven't even visited yet. So, so
0: there's four coffee shops downtown, and you know, like you said, three years ago, people were saying, what we need is a coffee shop, just one."
2: Yeah, exactly. And so it's exciting to see, and I think that there's a lot of that potential for for other kinds of places as mm-hmm. well. Definitely.
0: I knew uh, know somebody who was in high school in the 70s and he lived in Brookfield Mm -hmm. and he came every Friday night. He and his buddies had come here to Danbury. They'd be a little nervous because it was a big city, but (laughs) it was packed on Main Street and everybody would hang out here. And there were businesses. They were, uh, you know, the clothing stores and shoe stores and all that kind of thing Mm -hmm. that you saw on Main Streets everywhere. Right, right. And then in, uh, in 86, the mall opened. And you know yeah. you saw everything leave, uh, not everything, but a lot yeah. of stuff leaving uh, Main Street, and it was kind of sad. Mm-hmm. And uh, the mall was going gangbusters; everybody wanted to go there. And now malls, I think this mall still does okay, but malls are, you know, um, transitioning into something else. And uh, Main th- downtowns are people are living downtown more, and you're seeing more of them coming back. Not instantly, but you see no. opportunities.
2: Yes, right, exactly. Well, you know, it's like I hate to I hate to say it, but you know, I remember as a kid going on Main Street. I went. I bought my first record at the record store at the mm. corner of Main and White Street. Mm-hmm. You know, I would go school shopping for clothes at Howlands. Um, right. You know, these were all things we did. And but then you know the mall came, and you know it. I was at that pre-teenage years where I was like, yes, we're finally getting a mall. This is awesome. It's going to be just like those movies. And, of course, I, now as a grown-up, I'm like, oh, you know, what happened to all the nice little stores on Main Street? But things ebb and flow. There is a pendulum. Um, and I do think that overall people are going back to this, to this idea of Main Streets and shopping and smaller shops and um, not going to a gigantic mall. I mean, there's always a place... Mm -hmm. there's a place for both. And I just think now we have to find more of that happy medium, but the harder part is now convincing businesses that the downtowns are where you need to go back to now. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a, it's always going to be a struggle, I think, but you know, I mean, I have to say I was guilty of it too. I was excited as a teenager to go to a mall and not have to, you know, go downtown. But, um, there's opportunities now to sort of swing back the other way and this new interest in downtowns, Mm -hmm. definitely. You know, I remember the good old days and I think that, you know, the good old days, stomping the good old days for a reason too. And we do have to look towards the future and that bringing back that vibe and that, that energy is is important. But how we do it is going to be a little bit different just because times have changed. You know, it's just right. a fact. <laughs>
0: there aren't going to be that, uh, the general clothing stores downtown. I don't think men's stores downtown.
2: No, exactly. I don't think that's where to go, but there's other businesses, models that have a lot more potential. hmm Yeah. More,
0: um, well, there's the... Uh, uh, store about that. Um, if I, only I could remember the name. Workspace Collective. Oh yeah,
2: which is exactly. Just very
0: uh, unique clothing. Yeah. And jewelry.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, Megan. We, we was so great. Um, she's the uh, founder of Workspace Collective, and you know, hers is all about sustainable design and local designers. And it's an eclectic mix of clothing and jewelry and bath products and. Um, I sort of think that's almost more the model that works now in urban settings. And it, it appeals to a broad range of, of customers. Um, and, I mean, I love going in there, I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they also have nice beard products because Renato is a fan. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely think that new ideas and, and that entrepreneurial spirit is what works in downtowns now and Mm -hmm. what really we need to draw on we need more people like megan
0: (laughs) well then there's another uh store coming up it's a perfume scent store but they and they really do a lot of stuff online right Mm -hmm. wholesale stuff i guess and they're coming downtown to open up a retail operation
2: Yeah, they actually, um, from what I understand, they had offices in Peacock Alley at the North Street Shopping Center, which is actually where Renato and I first had our first business office was in Peacock Alley. So it's kind of nice that someone's coming back downtown. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, they didn't. This isn't like a brand new business for them. They're already an established business, and they sort of had this whole other stream of income, but they really wanted to have a nice retail space. And the spot that they picked in downtown is absolutely perfect for it. So I'm really excited to to see the space. It's still, you know, I see, I keep peering through the windows, and they've got their logo on the windows now, and I'm seeing them setting up shelving and cases. Um, but again, it's, an, it's a different kind of a business. It's an interesting model. And it's nice that it's already an established business that now is looking at, like, let's, let's move and let's broaden what we do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that might be the future for a lot of businesses downtown, mm-hmm. along with the restaurants, like you said. If we could get an ice cream shop downtown, that would be good.
2: Yeah, I love ice cream. I really, like, I, maybe I should make that my mission, like ice cream for downtown. We, we, we always wanted coffee shops, and now we have right. three, so if I just focus on ice cream. Uh,
0: <laughs> you know, you get more Westcon students down there during the day too, I think.
2: <laughs> yeah. It def- would be great. It would be awesome. Um, yeah, definitely. Hmm, now I have to think about this.
0: <laughs> Did Ron- Renato come downtown when he was a WestCon student?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that was the spot, whatever it was, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, downtown during the week, weeknights, was, it was the place to be. Mm-hmm. It was definitely the place to be. To hang out with your friends, you'd see music, you know, the whole thing. I mean... I remember even coming home on weekends when when I was in college, and it was a little bit lesser then, but it was still like that's where you went. You went downtown,
0: right? So, what do you feel about have you uh, about being born in Danbury, growing up in Danbury, and making now making your life the rest of your <laughs> life here in Danbury, or you know your career and everything?
2: Um, it's funny. Uh, I think, and a lot of my friends, we were all like, "I can't wait to get out of here." Well, I can't wait. I came back and I really was like, you know, it's not so bad. This is actually a pretty great place, mm-hmm. um, and I, I kind of like the fact that I grew up here. So I've seen a lot of changes just over the course of my own life, and um, it's sort of exciting to say I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my roots here. I want to stay here. I want to try to make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that um, I'm kind of surprised by that myself, to be honest, because I was always like, oh, I'm just gonna get out of damn here. There's nothing to do here. <laughs> yeah, okay, I over, you know. Settle down. It's actually it's actually a great place to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like that. There's a lot of different things to do, um, close to nature. You but you have this urban setting, but you can get into New York City pretty easily if you want to. So I really think it's sort of the best of, of all the worlds.
0: Right. A lot of people actually move here from other places for all those things.
2: Right. Exactly. So and I'm glad that I've realized that, and I didn't I didn't you know go too far away and regret that.
0: Right. You chose it, which is nice.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: So, the other thing you have to do as chair of city centers is find a new executive director. Right?
2: yeah thanks for the mounting task as soon as I get into the <laughs> position. jeez can they, nothing can be easy ever yeah that's really the biggest priority. that's a top priority is to find a new executive director um, but you know it's a big position to fill and I loved working with PJ mm-hmm. um, just w- and my regular board position I thought he was great and energetic and I love working with Andrea and I feel like you know this is a this is a pretty crucial time so I want to find the right person who can bring as much passion and energy to it as possible
0: mm-hmm. Andrea Gardner and P.J. Prunty were the two previous um, executive directors of uh, City Center, and Uh, You're about to post the ad, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, My goal was the end of this week, but I think this blizzard nor'easter situation Mm. might end up putting a little bit of a snag in those plans, but I definitely want to get it out as soon as possible because I really think we need to keep our momentum going and see who's out there. And I want to be able to find the right candidate. Right. You know?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I think I agree. That's important, finding (laughs) the right person. The... Uh, So I know City Center, the board has a retreat coming up on Friday, right?
2: Yes, this is a kind of a new thing. I mean, this is our first ever Board of Commissioners retreat. And really, we want to be a little introspective and look at ourselves and who are we? What do we do? How do we want to change for the future? I think this is a time for reinvention, a rebirth of what we are as a a group and what we can do in our downtown. And, um, you know, it's going to, sure, we're going to need to really look hard at ourselves. And what have we not been so good at? What do we want to be better at? Um, And really think about the future and and embrace change. Mm -hmm. That's my biggest thing.
0: And not scare everybody off the board at the same time.
2: Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> None of you can leave me if you're listening. None of
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> they won't leave. So, are you going to run for mayor someday or something? You sound like a very energetic, positive politician.
2: Uh, politician, no. Hmm. That's why I'm still positive and positive. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I am, no. Politics is not my jam. Hmm. It's not for me. <laughs> uh, I'll stick to. to what I'm doing now. Yeah. That'll be about the extent of it.
0: <laughs> oh, that would be good. Re, you know, reinvent city setter and uh, become a, uh, you know, really famous and successful, what do you call yourself, videographer or video person? Or...
2: Yes, exactly. Small business owner. How about that? You never know. Build my empire. <laughs> Can you get
0: nominated for an Academy Award ever?
2: I don't think so. Hmm. Not, maybe we'll get the opportunity someday to work on something that would be big enough, but... No, that's all right.
0: Did you watch the Academy Awards?
2: I did not. Oh. I don't, you know, and I hate to say it, but I award ceremonies are always quite a letdown for me because there's a there are there's so much content out there, and it's not necessarily always the big studio films and big budgets. And a lot of times, smaller films they don't get as much recognition as they think they should. Or, or I just get upset with like, oh well, they just gave that. Award I And mean, this year the award seemed pretty good, but mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll just give an award for something that I was like, really? Like, that was, I don't think, you know. It was Are you the, a big was, movie
0: person? Do you watch movies?
2: We watch a lot of movies, although I have to say, it really, um, Renato is really more, he steers where we watch. Like, don't get me wrong, I love a good superhero movie. Like, I'm not going to lie, mm. I am all about Marvel. But um, the... Renato's really more of the, the film buff, and mm-hmm. so we, we do a lot of foreign films or just older, influential films because um, it informs kind of our craft now. And so um, we watch a lot of diverse stuff, um, and it's not always the current stuff. I have to say, like, this year I only saw two... I think it was only two of the pictures that were nominated this hmm. year in any kind of award category for the Oscars, so... Um. Yeah. it
0: must be a little bit hard to be in the business when you're watching like a superhero movie um, like you're watching and you say wow how did they look, make that beheading look so realistic
2: right yeah well you know money can buy effects that's like, <laughs> and it just you know that just makes me jealous that I you know I need a bigger budget I have how to do can so I do much that
0: in my more. studio
2: yes right exactly without <laughs> Bramado, it, without it looking like a B movie or something <laughs> although you never know maybe the B movies will be the next big thing and then we can make that happen um you know we've worked on some independent projects which which are great. And mm-hmm. I think that um, there's just so much content out there that's smaller mm-hmm. that you need to kind of seek out a little bit more because you don't get that distribution. But there's a lot of really talented people doing cool things. It just might not be at the Hollywood level.
0: Right. It's interesting because I'm not really aware of it, but I imagine there is a lot of really good stuff and I never see it. I don't even know where to look for it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Where do we? I mean, a lot of the independent stuff just you know, it's really through our network of people we know. Mm-hmm. Someone might have worked on a project here or there. Um, there's a few independent film festivals which are always interesting to kind of stay up on, just because you you kind of get a little bit of an inside scoop on what what's really popular there and finding it, you know, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily always Sundance either. It's even smaller festivals right. than that, you know. Um, but um, actually, you know, if you go on like a site like vimeo.com, there's a lot of independent productions that are are there um, that are really interesting, and you can see what people can do amazing things for l- not as much money. you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that's always just a you know an inside spot. I like to surf around and see what I can find.:
0: Cool. I forgot I was wanted to ask you about being a foodie. <laughs> <laughs> you have yes. your own food blog.
2: Yes, I do. Local Food Rocks is my food blog. Yep. Um, and that's really just a passion project. I just like to do it. I like to eat. I like to cook. And I was like, I should probably share this with people. I think because everyone asks me. So that's sort of how I started doing it, really. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I've seen your uh, like restaurant reviews. Do you do your own cooking projects on that too?
2: I do. I actually, you know, I, for a while I was doing a lot more restaurant reviews than the original recipe stuff. And I've kind of shifted just because I can't keep eating out like that. (laughs) Like it's, it's getting harder and harder to, you know, keep my health and my (laughs) going. And I'm like, you know, I got to stop eating out so much. So I, I've kind of cut back a little bit on restaurant reviews. I'm just a little bit more choosy. Um, I still eat out. I would say I guess I guess a lot for some people, but now I'm trying to focus more on encouraging people to, you know, you can make some good stuff at home too. You don't have to always go out. <laughs> yeah.
0: What kind of, uh, what's your favorite kind of um, meals at home? What's your thing? Mm.
2: Um. I don't really, you know... I'll go and you, I'll try anything. I like to always explore different kinds of spices and cuisines and things. And, but I also like things that aren't that complicated. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you get home from a long day. It's like, I don't really want to spend an hour trying to make dinner. So I'm also realistic. So, I mean, a lot of times we'll do a lot of vegetarian meals and we will try to incorporate some really interesting spices, you know, um, Let's see, I've been on a, I've been on a sort of a South American kick lately with a lot of like peppers, different <laughs> kinds of hot peppers. Cause I grow a lot in my garden and mm-hmm. I dry them. So now I'm experimenting with doing different things with that. So I go through phases, you know, I was on a, on a phase where I was doing, trying to do a lot of Thai recipes, but they're a lot very intricate to really make them like how you would have them out. Mm-hmm. And I don't really have the skill set yet. I haven't mastered it yet, but I'll keep trying.
0: <laughs> how about spring rolls? Do you make those?
2: I've only made them once. Um, pretty good. I can be better. I need to improve my skill. I need to improve my skills a little bit.
0: But. Once you have a really good spring roll in a local restaurant, it's hard to imagine doing as well at home, for me anyway. No, so. it's
2: very true. I try to approximate as close as possible. But yeah, sometimes when you go out and you just have that, there's that one thing that is just so amazing. It's like, I could never do this. Forget it. It's easier if I just go out.
0: <laughs> like, so, you know, you want to do it at home, but it's hard sometimes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You huh. know. And but that you know that's also a great thing about being in Danbury is there's a lot of different cuisines that you can right. eat that are that are great places to go. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun to explore.
0: Yeah, it is fun. And even in New Fairfield, there are some restaurants too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> uh, I always like to explore that.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, good luck with City Center and with your business and get Renato well. I guess we haven't said he isn't here because he doesn't feel well today. Yeah,
2: he's on an odd sick day today. But thank you very much for having me. Um, This was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it's been great talking with you. Thanks. Thanks. I want to thank our producers, Scott Fulpe, who happens to be sitting across from me staring at me and making noise, (laughs) and Pete Puccio. They make all this podcast work, and sometimes they interrupt the uh, talking. What I want you to do is sign up for the podcast so you get it every time we put one out. You can sign up at, um, what is it, uh, Scott? It's iTunes, iTunes yeah, SoundCloud, SoundCloud. Stitcher. and Stitcher in any place you can find a podcast. Wherever you're listening to us now, keep going there. Give us a rating of five. That's as high as you can go. And uh, then we'll hear you next time. Until then, this is Paul Steinmetz with WCSU 411. (laughs)